Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time, a reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth, vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. Here is one who has labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave property. This also is vanity and a great misfortune. For what profit comes to man from all the toil and anxiety of heart with which he has labored under the sun? All his days, sorrow and grief are his occupation. Even at night his mind is not at rest. This also is vanity. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. You turn man back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. You make an end of them in their sleep. The next morning they are like the changing grass, which at dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, if you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. Put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the greed that is idolatry. Stop lying to one another, since you have taken hold of the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed for knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? for I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for so many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich 
in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Popular wisdom says that it's never a good idea to talk about religion or politics at a dinner party. Frankly, it's not even a good idea in a homily, at least not if you want to avoid half the congregation throwing tomatoes at you, especially during the summer when tomatoes are ripe for the picking. But since you can't actually see me at the moment, which I suppose is an advantage of my unplanned exile, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I mean, let's face it, I'm obligated to talk about religion, since, I mean, that's kind of what I do. And, and the politics thing, well, I mean, I think I can walk the tightrope just this once. I heard a CNN poll the other day that asked potential voters what the most important issues were as the midterm elections approached. Any guesses as to what the top two answers were? 80% said the economy was a top issue, and 67% said that inflation was also very important. Now, to be honest, they could have taken that same poll in just about any year and gotten close to the same result, because the truth is that elections are, more often than not, won or lost based on the economy. If people have jobs, inflation is low, wage growth is reasonable, and the stock market is stable and rising, people are pretty happy with the status quo or something close to it. But if their 401ks are down and it costs twice as much to fill the gas tank, a whole lot of politicians are going to become former politicians. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Republicans, Democrats, or Socialists, and it makes no difference if you're the nicest, most humble, most ethical person ever to hold office. Why? Because we're greedy. Sorry, I know that's a pretty direct accusation, but to my defense, I said, we are greedy, not you are greedy. And it's true. Everybody's looking out for number one. Number two only matters if number one is taken care of, and, and that's only if number one is feeling generous and has a few bucks left over. Disputes over money have destroyed families, they've ruined friendships, they've destroyed marriages, and they have sabotaged careers. Today's readings, however, are even more direct than uh, my statement. Koheleth, the author of our first reading, begins his instruction and later also ends it with these words. Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth, vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. The word translated as vanity is not the looking in the mirror kind of vanity. A better translation is probably vapor or air. The main theme of the book is that all things are like no thing. Nothing. Disappearing. Unsubstantial. Not real. Not able to be kept or held on to. Ultimately worthless. The rest of the selection in our first reading points out the futility of accumulating wealth, as so often the fruits of one's labor only end up being left for others, who then tend to waste it anyway. Ask the Vanderbilt family. Koheleth isn't just a bitter old crank, by the way. He's, he's writing in 3rd century uh, BC, which is a prosperous time of healthy economic activity. Koheleth's Jew Jewish audience observes foreign traders selling slaves, cattle, gold, gems, spices, and incense at considerable profits. Many Jews want to join the fun and get rich themselves, even at the price of renouncing their faith and religious practice. But Koheleth knows his history. Only a century before, the wealthy Persian Empire got greedy and spent itself into a defeat at the hands of Alexander the Great and the Greeks. However, Alexander, the conquering hero, dies himself only a decade after that, and his vast empire is split among his generals. The cycle just repeats itself. Wealth and poverty, rise and fall, victory and defeat. It's like chasing after wind. It's also pointless because there's no lasting value. 
Jesus' sharp words make Koheleths feel like a butter knife. In the parable of the rich man, as the main character celebrates his vast fortune, God speaks, You fool! This night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? And Jesus then concludes, Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. Being called a fool doesn't feel good in any language, but once we get done licking our wounds, we naturally go back to our greedy ways. If we can't get rich by accumulating assets, then how can we get rich? Lucky for us, Paul isn't too offended by our approach. Being a former power-hungry, bloodthirsty social climber himself, he knows how we think. And so the answer to our question is simple. How can we get rich? Death. Death of the old self, at least, according to Paul. He says, put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the greed that is idolatry. All of those vices, of course, have something in common, a focus on things, the very things that Koheleth calls vapor and wind. Even when the focus is a person, we treat that person as a thing, a possession, something that exists for our benefit or our pleasure. And that's all an illusion. But if we want life, an abundant life at least, the Lord Jesus has put it within our grasp. St. Paul says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. With Christ in God. When Christ yourself, when Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. So if we only find true life, true wealth, true fulfillment by living in Christ, by conforming our lives to Christ, what exactly does that mean? It means going back to basics, back to the basic mystery, the mystery of the Trinity. The Son of God lives the fullness of life in God, in the Trinity, in a relationship of perfect love among Father, Son, and Spirit. That's the only place where lasting wealth and glory exist. Not in things, but in people, or rather in healthy relationships of perfect love. Last Sunday, I was lucky enough to celebrate uh, publicly concelebrate Mass, which is a rarity for these days, unfortunately, with the monks at Belmont Abbey. At the conclusion of Mass, we processed out of the Basilica, and the monks generally wait outside to greet members of the congregation. My instinct is just to quickly go back to the sacristy. After all, people aren't there to see me. I'm, I'm just a guest, and frankly, I'm not always comfortable being seen, given my current trials. But one man made it a point to come out after me quickly and, and call after me, calling my name to stop me. So I, you know, of course, acknowledged him, and I knew him from two of my uh, prior assignments, and we chatted briefly. Another man then was waiting to talk to me after that. So I talked to him for a little while. He was also a parishioner of mine. And then there was another one there. And so I talked to him. And I noticed during these several conversations, there was a, a young man waiting that I didn't recognize. Um, after they all left, he came up to me and he, he spoke softly. He said, Father, have I seen you at St. Matthew before? I told him that was certainly possible. And he said, you won't remember this, but I went to confession to you one time there. This guy didn't want anything from me other than to say hello, and he waited for a little bit of time to do it. I thought about that guy for the rest of the day. I obviously don't remember the man's confession or even meeting him, but I'm going to take a leap here and guess that that confession was a positive experience for him or he wouldn't have said hello. It was a small gesture on his part, but it was a huge gift to me. Today's gospel begins when the man approaches Jesus, complaining that his brother 
isn't splitting an inheritance with him. After refusing to get in the middle of the fraternal dispute, Jesus says to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. The money is vapor. His relationship with his brother, though, is infinitely more valuable. You know, we don't know for sure what heaven or hell are like, but I think today's readings help us to understand just a little bit better. Hell is permanent separation from God. In other words, it's permanent separation from love. Hell is being alone for all eternity because you've never truly loved. So there's no one there. You've only, you've only used other people for your own gain. So who wants to be with you for the rest of the rest of existence? Heaven, though, I think might have levels. And the highest level, there'll be a bunch of people there. It'll be the best party you've ever been to because if there's a lot of people there, you've loved many and you've loved them all well. If there's any ladder worth climbing, I think it's that one. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day.